welcome to Carmel Presbyterian Church's podcast channel. Open up a Bible or just listen in. We hope this week's message is a blessing to you. Hi Chris, it's Mum. Merry Christmas, Poppet. Another year has passed. I wanted to start this one by saying something I haven't said yet, which is thank you. Thank you for taking the time to remember me. After all these years, I can't believe you're going to be 30 soon. I wish I could be there to see how you've grown, to see what kind of man you've become. I know I would be so proud of you. So this is it, my last tape. I wish I could keep talking to you every Christmas, but it's time to say goodbye. Just remember how much I love you. Never forget that, okay? I will always be your mum. Before I go, let me tell you a story about the happiest day of my life. The day you were born. Well, Merry Christmas, right? So in case you missed it through some sniffles and tears, um, love is a gift. The reason I, I wanted to show that video before I came up to speak was because I believe we need to have our hearts softened a little bit, especially on nights like these, in order for the gospel to penetrate in new and more raw ways. There's going to be joy and celebrating and wonder. Those are all coming tonight. But I don't, I don't want us to take this moment for granted. Moments like these, they don't come around that often. And so as we gather as the people of God, we remember that the gospel is life-giving. It's life-changing. And it, it's life defining. So we're here to sing carols, we'll reminisce and be inspired, but this evening we stand in awe of the fact that God would go an infinite distance in order to come close to you and me. And the only natural response is that we would go to a great distance likewise in order to draw close to him. So let me tell you how this sermon is going to play out. We're going to look at Simeon's story and how he encounters and meets baby Jesus for the first time. We will see that God revealed himself to those particular people 2,000 years ago. The gospel is going to be proclaimed. I will attempt to make you laugh at appropriate times throughout. Not that one as much. Um, I'll share a story or two and we'll end with an illustration after about an hour and 15 minutes better. So I can do all of these things, right? I can do all of these. But ultimately, it is up to God to reveal himself to you. Are you open to that? Is that what you came here expecting? If not, I'm sorry to let you know, that's exactly what I am hoping and praying will happen tonight. I finally remember the mystery and just the reverence of going to Mass at Holy Family Catholic Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. I was young, so I didn't understand much, but I thought the whole thing was beautiful. I loved the flickering flames, the smell of incense, 
I thought it was so awesome that everyone could join their voices in unison with the priest. I loved being able to light my own candle and stay up late because we would go to the midnight mass. It all felt so magical. I loved everything about it, except for the standing. There was lots of standing that was going on. And so I would lay across the pews, and I remember my dad would look down on me, and he would have such a look of disappointment mixed with sheer jealousy. (laughs) So after Mass, we would go home, and it was our tradition that we would open up one present on Christmas Eve night, and we would always choose the present from Aunt Nancy because she had a knack for giving gifts that were always memorable for the wrong reasons. And I'll leave it like that. You might know someone like that. So that was our family tradition. That was our ritual year after year. And all of this led to the big shebang, which was Christmas morning. And the Barnes family goes crazy on Christmas morning. Dozens of presents for everyone, like human-sized stockings stuffed with gifts. And Looking back now, um, it was absolutely excessive, but as a child, it was awesome, right? And through all of those years celebrating Christmas, I didn't really understand what it was all about. And if I was a betting man, which I am, I would bet that there are people in this sanctuary right now that don't know the truth about Jesus. And I love the fact that you're here. And you are in good company. Jesus' closest family members didn't understand fully who he was and what he was going to do. And we'll see a glimpse of that tonight as we read from Luke chapter 2, verses 22 through 35. Tonight, the words will be up on the screen, but if you want to follow along in your pew Bible, it's on page 857 or on an app. We're going to Take this on in chunks. Let me pray for us as we open up God's word. Jesus, we ask on this Christmas Eve that you would make yourself known to us, that you would reveal the radiance of your light, that we would see your glory, and that we would know that you came to rescue us. It's in your name. Amen. Beginning in verse 22, and when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Jesus has been born and Mary and Joseph must go and do what is expected of any Jewish parents who have a son born to them. So they circumcise Jesus, they perform the purification rituals and sacrifices, and they give this child the name that the angel Gabriel told them to call him Jesus. And all of this takes place at the temple in Jerusalem. And this place is not without significance. This is considered the most holy place on earth. This is the place where the human and the divine come into closest contact. Some of us call this place a thin space. The holy family is there together, and in walks this new person. Verse 25. 
Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Simeon was a trusted and reliable man. He loved God and wanted to see the consolation of his people. Consolation means comfort. Simeon wanted God to come and comfort his people. The Jews had been waiting 900 years for God to intervene by sending the Christ. They were sick and tired of being ruled over, being pushed around. They wanted to be free, and they wanted the Messiah to come and rescue them. And Simeon, as a God-fearing man, was eager to see that, that happen as soon as possible. And so God, through the Holy Spirit, revealed something to Simeon. He basically placed a new item on his bucket list. He was going to see this thing happen um, before the day he died. Simeon was assured that he was going to come face to face with the Messiah, the one that had been prophesied about, the one that would deliver the people from captivity. Verse 27, and he came in the spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And so in comes Simeon and he sees Jesus. He scoops him up and praises God. I have a two and a half year old son and a seven month old son. People aren't the best at knowing what to say to children and babies. They usually you know, revert back to just that oh, he looks like you, or he looks like your wife, or they look like each other. There's always that awkwardness. Not so much with Simeon. He immediately took Jesus into his arms, and he wasn't at a loss of meaningful words. Simeon cradles the baby, and he basically says, I can die a happy man now. My life is complete. And he sings this beautiful song over Jesus about how this newborn baby is going to save the world. He says that he has seen God's salvation in the eyes of this child. He declares that this helpless and fragile little one will not only bring glory to Israel, but he is going to be a light for the entire world. I mean, can you even imagine this? When I hold my boys and I admire them, and I see how unique they are. I hold Silas, and I see how inquisitive he is, and I know that his destiny is probably, he's going to be some sort of critical thinker in some way, the way he just examines everything. And then sweet baby Judah is just the best little boy, and I know he's going to end up caring for people throughout his life. But Simeon picks up this baby, and this baby is going to save the entire world. This moment is so unbelievably profound. The birth of Jesus makes God accessible to humans. The humility and glory of God come together in this awesome moment in history as God becomes one of us. And Jesus makes God approachable to us humans. God was born in a manger, literally surrounded by animal poop. 
And if that offends you in any way, I assure you that it is far more offensive to the creator of everything to be born under such circumstances. He didn't even have a bed. We have four strollers right now for two kids. One for walking on flat ground, one for like the more all-terrain type stuff. We've got a travel stroller. We have one for jogging that doesn't get used. <laughs> four strollers. My wife wants me to let you know that they were all bought used and two of them are for sale. We're not like crazy stroller people. <laughs> the point is God is relatable to every person because he makes this kind of entrance into the world. The lowest of the low can identify with him. Every single person can appreciate someone from humble beginnings. And Jesus also proves that God does not stand far off. He's not in heaven wagging his finger at us, telling us to do a better job, to be better. He comes. He lives with us. Simeon encounters this, and he's just overcome with emotion. He realizes in that moment that he's looking into the face of his creator. Why would God do this? Well, if you remember from the video, love is a gift. God, out of his own free will, offers his son as a gift for humankind, that we might know we have immense value and that we are unconditionally loved. He came for us. He lived for us. He died for us. And then he rose for us. My favorite professor from seminary would say the same thing to all of his classes. He would say, what does the church have to say that no one else is saying? Well, this is it. Christmas. We are saying that God came into the world as a baby on this rescue mission fooled, fueled by love and grace. You won't hear that anywhere else. That is the gospel message. And Simeon heard this good news because it was revealed to him by God through the Holy Spirit. And just like you can look at the sun through a filter, Simeon is looking at God through the filter of human nature. He's holding Jesus in the palm of his, and although he was righteous, he still had sin-stained hands, and he is holding Jesus in those hands. Let's look at verse 33. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed and a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. Remember how I said that even Jesus' closest family members miss the point sometimes, the whole truth? Mary and Joseph have been visited by an angel. They know firsthand that Jesus is born of a virgin. They've heard about how Jesus will save the people from their sins. They, they know that he's God's son. They know that he is Emmanuel, God with us. And yet somehow they marveled at what Simeon said about him. They're amazed yet again. And in their astonishment, Simeon pivots to them and gives them what has to be the world's worst blessing. He says, basically, one day your heart will break because of this child. 
Simeon's alarming blessing continues by saying, and as far as everyone else, the contents of their hearts will be revealed. There's that word again, revealed. It occurs in three different forms throughout this passage. If something is revealed, that means it can be made known. It can be understood. And that's really important for us to remember because our faith is not some shot in the dark. We can know God intellectually, emotionally, spiritually. And for Simeon on that day, he was actually able to know God physically. What had been revealed to Simeon actually came true and his response is a model for us. In meeting Jesus for the first time, everything else, including his own life, pales in comparison. But his excitement about Jesus goes beyond just himself. He's excited for everyone else too. He declares that this little child will be a light for revelation to the Gentiles. God made known to all people because God is now with us. The light has entered the world and the darkness has not and will not overcome it. That is what Jesus does. He turns on the light so that we can see and know God. The philosopher Plato came up with this really thought-provoking illustration called the allegory of the cave. And now for all of you scholars out there, those people with the philosophy minors, don't, don't call me on a lot of this stuff because I took some, some creative liberties. I wanted to make a point and I left out some details on purpose. In Plato's cave, we find prisoners and they're staring at shadows on the wall. A fire on the, sa- on the, on the cave cast the shadows and the prisoners are unable to turn around and see what is really creating these images. Since these people have never left the cave or turned around, then this is all that they know. The shadows are their reality. They don't know that there's even a fire behind them. They don't know that people are walking by and that's actually the source of what's being cast on the wall. But then one man is able to break free. He sees the puppets for what they are and walks outside into the daylight. And blinded by the overwhelming light of day, he suddenly realizes that these shadows were only a poor excuse for reality. In stepping outside, he has come to experience the truth. It has been revealed to him, and he is amazed by his discovery. Now for a moment, let's consider the lies and the half-truths that are overtaking our own existences. Our shadows tell us that success is the answer, that wealth will make us complete, that our relationships will sustain us, that school and sports are our identity. We listen to the news and social media for our guidance and satisfaction. And when our our shadows, they become too unbearable or we don't like them, then we self-medicate and distract ourselves. Do you know what Jim Carrey says about all this? Jim Carrey of all people, yes, this Jim Carrey of Ace Ventura and Dumb and Dumber fame. Jim Carrey says this, I think everybody should get rich and famous and do everything they ever dreamed of so they can see that it's not the answer. Alrighty then. (laughs) What is the answer? The answer was revealed to Simeon. And this is anything but trite. This is not just the Sunday school answer. It's the truth. Jesus is the answer. He is the light, the source for everything. C.S. Lewis said it like this, I believe in Christianity as I believe in the sun, that the sun has risen, not only because I see it, 
because, but because by it, I see everything else. So let me finish with this. Plato's illustration is lacking in one key area. How did that original prisoner ever break free? How did he undo his own shackles? That is what Christmas celebrates. Jesus came down into our existence. He came down to where we are in order to set us free. He lived amongst us, the cave dwellers, as the light of the world. And once you have emerged from that shadowy darkness and seen the light of Christ, then the meaning of life is finally revealed to you. Only then can you say what Simeon said. I can die happy because I know salvation and his name is Jesus. And if that isn't you yet, then here's your opportunity. You're not here by accident. Christ came for you as well. And he knows you. And he knows the shadows on your wall. He wants to set you free that you might know the real joy of Christmas. Come into the light. Let's pray. Jesus, we do. We thank you so much for your mission, for the fact that you would do what you did, that you went to unimaginable, unimaginable lengths to come get us. God, I pray now that for those of us who takes more convincing to drag out of the cave, that you would just drag us out, that we might be convinced of you, that we might know you, that you might reveal yourself. Only you can do that. And for those of us who have seen you already, God, would you remind us of the great and joyful mission that we have to return to the cave with light in hand and showing the prisoners out the door. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information about Carmel Presbyterian Church, visit our website at www.carmelpres.org or any of our social media pages. Have a blessed rest of your week.